Well, let's go racing here on the Inside Pass as uh, we get ready for another uh, hour or so of Motorsports Conversation. We are broadcasting live from the WSIC News Studio as always. My name is Tom Baker. Randy Miller is off today. He will rejoin the program uh, henceforth next week. Uh, so it's uh, just me today, but I'm not the only voice you're going to hear. I don't think uh, Chris Rice scheduled to join us from Colleague Racing. And uh, we're going to get into some in-depth conversation with Chris about uh, the team and about his background and about uh, the playoffs and uh, everything that's going on now in the sport. And uh, Chris is a very knowledgeable man who's been uh, involved with NASCAR for quite some time. So uh, interested to get his perspective on a lot of what we're seeing uh, in NASCAR today. Also, the NASCAR schedule for 2021 has been revealed. And to say the least, there's some changes and some new wrinkles and uh, a really... Uh, kind of a different schedule. I think uh, it's it's drawn sort of mixed reactions from what I've seen on social media. Um, we do have a dirt cup race. That's something different. Bristol going to uh, host that in the spring of next year. We have two races in Atlanta. We have two races at Darlington. Um, some some other little wrinkles to the schedule. So uh, we have a race at Coda. So we'll talk about all of that as we go forward. Um, and what uh, NASCAR has done. Also, IndyCar has put their schedule out for 2021. And again, um, it's different. Three ovals um, is is what we're seeing for the IndyCar set um, in 2021. And um, I'm not really too sure exactly what... Uh, uh, what's going on there as far as uh, why they decided to, to, to do just three, but uh, I've definitely got some thoughts on that. So we'll get into that um, as well. And of course, uh, we've got playoffs going on uh, in NASCAR and IndyCar still racing as well. So a lot to cover on the show uh, here today. We can start with uh, a little bit of NASCAR conversation. Of course, Chase Briscoe getting the win Again, uh, this past weekend at Vegas, his eighth win of the year. Now, that's significant because Chase said it would take eight wins, he felt, to, quote-unquote, prove that he was ready for Cup uh, in 2021. Well, he's got eight wins. I don't know what else you can really expect out of uh, this young man, but... um, He's done an amazing job. Eight wins on the season. Next closest to him is Austin Sindrick with five. And here's what's interesting right now is if you look at um, the playoff standings in the Xfinity series, and this is the reason I'm starting with this is because, of course, Colleg Racing is a part of the Xfinity series. So this will lead us into our conversation with Chris Rice here in a bit. If you look at the playoff standings in the Xfinity Series, Chase Briscoe obviously up top. Um, Austin Sindrick with five wins on the season 
is sitting second in the points. And then you've got Noah Gregson with two wins in third, Justin Allgaier with three wins in fourth, um, Justin Haley from Colleague Racing with a pair of wins sitting at P5 right now. Brandon Jones sitting at P6. He's got three wins on the year. And then here's Ryan Sieg at P7. Zero. No wins for Sieg, but he has basically been able to point his way uh, into the the playoffs. Uh, Harrison Burton sitting at P8 right now. Um, again, two wins for Burton. Now, you know, when you look back, that's the cutoff line basically is where you're, you're going to, we're headed for the round of eight. So you've got Chastain from colleague, Michael Annette from junior Riley Herbst and Brandon Brown, who basically are sitting below that, uh, cutoff line and, um, Chastain just two points below Michael Annette, 10 points and Herbst 14. And then Brown is 20. That's a half a race. So um going to be interesting to see where this goes. But uh, I think that um, if you looking at uh, the cutoff line and you look below it, then you see that uh, really, I think that the, the two guys with the best shot um, to jump up would be Chastain and Annette, although Herbst only four points behind Annette. So if Riley has a really good run, uh, that could make a difference. But they're, you know, really the guys from fifth on back, Haley's 14 points to the, to the good at this moment. Um, and then, uh, you know, Jones is 13, Sieg is nine and Burton is only two. So, you know, again, it's it's still nip and tuck at the bottom of that. So I'm anxious to talk to Chris Rice um, because obviously he's got a driver who, you know, looks good right now with, with Haley as long as he doesn't have any big missteps um, to get to the next round. And then you got Chastain who's, boy, he's had his opportunities, hasn't he? And he just has not been able to uh, close the door here. So that Xfinity uh, Series playoff race is going to get very exciting here. As we go forward, um, you know, right now, uh, Briscoe's got a pretty uh, pretty healthy advantage um, in terms of points. He's seven points up over Cindric, and then he he's over 30 points up on um, Gregson in third. So um, going to be interesting to see where it goes, but congratulations to Chase Briscoe. That was a big win for him. And, uh, and again, we'll talk more about that. When we get to um, get on the phone with uh, Chris Rice, but the um, in terms of the Cup Series, you know that playoff obviously is uh, is continuing, and you know I don't know quite what to make of um, the the Cup Series playoffs at this point in terms of. If you say, well, this one has an advantage or that one, I don't really think there's anybody with a big advantage right now in terms of um, momentum. I mean, there's obviously you, you got uh, Harvick and, 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 and Hamlin, who have been the two best guys all year. But, um, you know, watching Kurt Busch get that win last week uh, and knowing how close some others like Matt DiBenedetto actually were, um, you know, there are some guys that still are capable of making a run here. Uh, what's interesting to me in the Cup Series right now is the Newswire. Um, and, and we had a news story in the Cup Series that I'm not totally surprised by. And yet, uh, 
I am, in a way, Chad Knauss announcing that he is all done as a crew chief, effective at the end of the 2020 season. Knauss, uh, of course, you know, crew chief Jimmy Johnson, the seven championships. And then this year um, has really done a good job kind of helping William Byron elevate from a year ago. Um, and he and William finally got their win. Um Chad being promoted uh, to uh, a leadership role, director of motorsports, I believe is the official title, but um, he's going to have a lead role uh, in the overall Hendrick Motorsports group. Uh, and, and I think they're looking at him to really help them to develop the Gen 7 cars that are coming up for 2022. So uh, I find it very interesting that Chad's getting off the pit box. Uh, No replacement has been named for the 24 team for next year for William Byron, but there's plenty of time for that, obviously. And Rick has always had good success with promoting from within. So one would surmise that somewhere in the, either in the Hendrick Cup, uh, organization or even in the junior motorsports uh, ranks um there is a uh, a crew chief or perhaps even a car chief uh engineer type who is ready to assume the crew chief role and uh will be promoted up i i don't really i mean you never know could could be somebody coming in from the outside but i don't uh, expect any um, surprises on that uh, crew chief front. It'll probably be somebody from within, but um, no Chad Knauss next year. Been a long time since we haven't had Chad Knauss on the pit box. Uh, and I'm sure Chad at this point, his family's grown, and I think he's um, he's w- probably wanting some time off the road and um, figured that he's, he's had enough of that. That can be a very, uh, everybody sees it as uh you know, glitz and glamour, but uh, traveling 36 weeks out of the year with the same group of people um, is that can get very, very um, vortex like. And uh, it's not a whole lot of fun because while you're on the road 36 weeks out of the year, life goes on at home and you're not part of it. You know, you're home a couple of days or three days out of the week and then you're gone the rest of the week. Um, they've NASCAR has kind of made some, some steps to, to try and I think pull that back by a day or so uh, with a lot of these one day shows. And I hope they keep that format, but um, it's not easy to be on the road uh, three quarters of the year. So um, congratulations to Chad Knauss. That's actually uh, uh, to me, a significant development. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see who they end up pairing with William Byron. Of course, we've, we've talked about the fact that, um, that uh, Denny Hamlin is going to become a car owner next year. Um, He and uh, Michael Jordan teaming up, Bubba Wallace going to drive. Um, Still no official word on things like number or, you know, wherever, and still a lot of silly season stuff going on Um, and a lot to be settled here. Um, I, I have... I have had some information on where Daniel Suarez might end up. Um, I, I will not betray the confidence and reveal that, but I can say that Daniel Suarez has a, a deal done for next year. Uh, 
And so with Daniel off the board now, that eliminates he and Bubba. And, and of course, Chastain has been announced in the 42. So now we start looking at uh, the 43 for Richard Petty Motorsports. Who would, who would be the leading candidate for that? Go Fast Racing has an opening. We know that. Stuart Haas may still have an opening. We don't know what Clint Boyer's future is. Uh, Chase Briscoe is surely making the case that he ought to be Clint's replacement. Um, Kyle Larson very much wants back into NASCAR. We keep hearing that Kyle Larson going to be in the 48, but there's always Stuart Haas sitting over there too. Uh, could he be the guy in the 14? So there's a lot to be decided yet when it comes to silly season and we'll have more conversation about that as we go. Uh, but right now we are actually going to step aside for a couple of moments. When we come back, we'll have more of the inside pass WSIC. Stay with us. Welcome back. The Inside Pass continues here. I'm Tom Baker. Randy is off today. He will be back next week. Uh, we are waiting on Chris Rice to call. Uh, he was scheduled uh, for the first segment, so uh, hopefully he didn't get uh, detained so that he could can't reach out to us and talk with us. Looking forward to talking to him. But in the meantime, we have had some big news, and that is the 21, uh, 2021 NASCAR schedule has been revealed and boy are boy are we going to have some difference next year uh for those of you who wanted to shake up in the schedule you're getting it um big time getting it as a matter of fact um we can start with the fact that for the first time since 1956 NASCAR's big series is going to road America in a quest to uh, add a little bit more road course fire to the schedule. Um, the NASCAR Cup Series will spend Fourth of July weekend at Road America, which is really interesting. The Xfinity Series has run there every season since 2010, uh, but the only Cup Series race came back in 1956. Tim Flock getting the win. He's now in the Hall of Fame. Um, and, of course, with uh, with Road America being on the schedule now, that becomes the tracks or the uh, series' longest track. Um, Road America, and I think uh, we may have uh, Chris Rice joining us. Hello, Chris. Uh, welcome to the Inside Pass. This is Tom Baker. Hey, man, what's up? How's it going? Well, it, it's going great for us. Uh, we appreciate you taking some time to talk with us today. Uh, I was just um, talking with our audience about uh, the NASCAR Cup schedule being revealed, and I was discussing Road America, which is going to host the Cup Series for the first time since 1956. And I know that's a, that's a track, obviously, you're very familiar with because the Xfinity Series has been running there 
uh, since 2010. Um, so while while I was on that point, let's continue with that for a moment, if we could, and start there with you. Um, tell us what we should expect from a Cup Series race at Road America on 4th of July weekend next year. Man, it's just it's going to be a great race. Honestly, it's going to be uh, something that that you normally see at road courses. But also, you know, that racetrack brings out the best of the best. I feel like you know the tires wear out. It's a lot of elevation change. It's places to where you can pass. So braking is going to be pretty big. Uh, getting down into like one and turn five, and um, then you have that back straightaway, which going into Canada Corner. That is just pretty awesome to watch too, and it's a beautiful place. It a is beautiful place to go. So I'm excited for the fans in Wisconsin. I'm excited for everybody up there. They deserve a great, great race, and uh, it's going to be fun. Now uh, you're obviously a part of the Xfinity series, but I'm sure you're aware enough of what what's going on with the Cup cars, et cetera, to be able to to talk a little bit about um, what would be different about driving a cup car at Road America versus the Xfinity cars that we're used to seeing there? Well, just a lot more horsepower. You know, they're going to spin the tires a lot more. Uh, the tire fall-off, and what I mean by that, the tire fall-off is going to be quite a bit bigger. So you're not going to, you know, you're going to start out at a certain speed and you're going to be a lot slower by the end of it. And um, just depending on how the stages are broke up, how, how you can do some pitch strategy, get up front, uh, it's just going to be so different than any other road course that the Cup cars have ran in the past that uh, I look forward to, to watching how they handle that and how they uh, how they maneuver that racetrack. So uh, just really excited about it. And uh, I love road course racing. I love speedway racing because that always maybe gives the opportunity for colleague racing to go Cup racing one day. Yeah, interesting uh, that uh, they're also adding – Circuit of the Americas next year as well. Um, now, obviously, I haven't seen the Xfinity Series schedule. I would assume that we could expect that the Xfinity Series would be racing there as well. What do you know about Coda while we're on the road course uh, topic here? I know nothing about Coda, so uh, <laughs> that's going to be new to me. I know I've looked at a bunch of stuff and watched it. Uh, uh, you know, and it's been it's been fun. Uh, it's been fun to watch the F1 cars there, but uh, I know zero about it. I know it's very colorful, you know, the painting of the racetrack and all of that stuff. So, yeah, uh, just, hey, dude, I'm excited to go to any new racetrack, any new venue, get some new fans in this place. I'm excited yeah. about it, as you can tell. Well, and, and I agree totally. Uh, Coda scheduled for the weekend of May 23rd, uh, which will make it the uh, – the, the first road course race of the season for the series. So uh should be interesting. And uh, we can uh, talk more about the revised cup schedule for 2021, a little later on in the show. I want to talk with Chris about, uh, about Chris and about colleague racing here. And uh, the logical place to start with that is to talk playoffs because um, they have two cars uh, that are, currently involved in that uh, and right now um where do you see yourselves at this point in the playoffs uh with both Justin and Ross I mean Justin is it, it, it looks good on paper but of course as we both know um nothing's ever a sure thing unless you win in advance to the next round but uh what's it been like having a couple of guys in the playoffs this year and talk a little bit about um 
the overall season for you guys, has it been the season that you were hoping for so far? You know, um, it has in, in certain areas and it hasn't in certain areas. You know, um, I feel like we're a little bit behind on the 10 car in the playoffs. You know, anytime you're, you're below the cut line, you're, you're in trouble. But, yeah. man, we got fast cars. We've had fast cars at all the racetracks. And um, we just got kind of caught at Vegas where, where we didn't have great race cars, but we had okay race cars. And the way the, the pit strategy failed and we didn't take tires when other people did, and, you know, it, it just didn't, uh, it didn't go to our liking. But that's okay. Uh, we'll rebound here at Talladega, try to stay out of wrecks. And, um, but I, I give myself a good A for the, for the year, man. This has been such a tough year on everybody, just showing up, racing, not yep. doing any, anything. Uh, I, I give myself and our guys a, a good A. Can we, do we have room for improvement? Absolutely. We've got to beat those Fords and beat all the other Chevrolets. But um, definitely have had great races, and, and, and we have not-so-great races, but more great races than not-so-great races. So, uh, looking forward to moving away from Vegas so I can start concentrating on what happened at Talladega and, and moving into the Roval. Uh, obviously, we got A.J. Allmendinger coming along to run those races yep. in the 16 car, so pumped about that. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel like college racing is headed in the right direction. You have a really interesting dynamic going on at Colleague, I feel like, Chris, with those three personalities. They're all similar and yet quite different is the best way I could describe it. Um you know, it, it, all of them really uh, all about winning and really wanting to win and really wanting to uh, to to get the job done. And yet um, each of them with their own sort of distinct uh, personalities, but yet they all kind of find the way to work together or at least most of the time they do. Um, how is it for you as as you know, as they're. Their uh, boss, you might say, um, or 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 team manager. How does how how does it work for you with uh, kind of managing those different personalities on and off the track? Man, that is tough. Uh, actually, that you you, I, you laugh about it, but that is one hundred percent true. How different they are, but they get along so yeah. well. Even after the on track incident that they had at Daytona, they get along so well. We we go to dinners, we go to lunches, we do things like that to be able to make sure that, um, you know, we are doing what we need to do to keep them as part of a team. So um, the, I love all the different um, fields that they have between all three drivers, but at the same time it does make it a little difficult to keep them on the same page. But I love it. That's our job. That's what Matt Colleg wants us to do with Colleg Racing, and uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep those guys happy. Now, again, uh, when you look at the playoffs, you've got Talladega coming up. I mean, obviously, you want to prepare the cars for for maximum speed there. But um, how do you really prepare for a race like Talladega or Daytona? I mean, it's such a crapshoot, I feel like. And especially given its position in the playoffs here, everybody's going to be on edge here. and, And everybody who even is remotely on the bubble here um, is, is it, it's kind of like, be careful, get to the front and stay there. That's, you know, it's a really challenging race, I would think, to prepare for and especially challenging uh, to drive at, at this point, especially in the playoffs. Definitely challenging, but, you know, the way we attack that race is totally different than everybody else, and uh, I would love to give you our secret away, but we're not, and um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll just leave it at that, and I'm looking forward to going to Talladega. What's next? 
<laughs> I love that answer, Chris. That's why we bring you on this show, to, to, to spend about uh, 45 seconds telling us nothing. That's exactly why we bring you on. Um, okay, we'll move on then. After Talladega, you've got the Roval. And, of course, I've got to believe that, uh, I mean, you've got, you know, really, Ross runs well on the road courses, too, but you've got um, Almendinger and, and, and Justin, who are just, you know, road course aces. So I've got to believe that if you you feel like if we could just get through Talladega uh, without any major losses here, we go into the Roval, and this is a chance for us to get a leg up. You know, um, that's a good question. Now, you, you, what you do is you look at every race different, right? So we look at the, the Talladega different than we do the Roval. And when we're looking at Talladega, I, I'm sitting here looking at all three of our road course cars that are pretty much done. And I say that, you know, we're going to attack that race different with all three cars, right? Like, sure. Ross is going to need and Justin's going to need all the playoff points they can get. Yep. A.J. Allmendinger is just going to look for a um, – he's going to look for a trophy. And right. that's what we're trying to do is win trophies. So, anything we can do with that 16 car to help the 10 and 11, that's what we're going to do. But right now – the thing we have to do is focus on getting those two car stage points, getting those guys playoff points, and trying to make it to the make it to the final four. And uh, haven't the first race of every playoff race the last four years, we we've kind of put ourselves in a hole. So maybe we can dig out of it with the ten and leave the eleven where it's at, and move on into the second round. But yeah, you attack each one of them different. Uh, I love going to the Roval a lot. Normally, a lot of our family and friends are there, and, and last year we got to win that race with a lot of family and friends around. So, uh, AJ helped us out a bunch, and that's what it's all about. How has it been different for you um, not having the fans at every facility and, and with kind of the the, res- the restrictions that we've had? Um, how, how how has it been for you uh, just going to the track? I mean, it 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 has to be quite a different experience. Dude, it is so different. You know, it's so quiet when everything's shut off. But yeah. I mean, just missing the fans. You don't. You don't know how much you miss seeing a person or seeing somebody rooting for your team. You know, you got them back at home. But like, you nobody's screaming for you, telling you how bad right. you do or booing you. I remember Dale Earnhardt Senior saying this: It doesn't matter if they're booing you or clapping for you. At least they're making acknowledgement of you, and that's what we. I miss, man. You know, you miss that. No matter if they just clapping or just standing there looking at you. So. Definitely miss our fans. Definitely miss the atmosphere. Miss how the, the, the camping goes and all that goes. But uh, they'll be back soon. I can tell. Well, uh, we'll be excited for that day. We're going to, uh, if you if you don't mind, we're going to put you back into the uh, wonderful land of hold for a moment or two while we take a commercial break, and then we'll pick you back up on the other side more with Chris Rice from Collie Racing when the Inside Pass continues right after this. Welcome back to the Inside Pass. Uh, by the way, if you would, if you missed part of the show or you just want to hear it again or you ever don't get time to uh, watch us live on our uh, live stream that we do um, when we record the show, the show airs uh, on WSIC on their family of radio stations here in the Charlotte Lake Norman area on Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Eastern as um, the lead-off to the 90-minute horsepower hour, as we like to call it here. Um, and uh, that's followed by P. 
uh, PRN's at the track with Lenny Baticki at 10. But uh, we're on at 9 o'clock on Saturday mornings. Also, we're on demand about everywhere you can um, find podcasts. Just search Race Chaser Radio uh, and you can get it on demand. It'll be up later this afternoon for you. So uh, if you miss part of it, you can catch it then. And uh, please feel free to like, comment and share uh, because obviously we want to uh, make the party bigger and bigger each week. Okay, back to the uh, phones we go. And we have Chris Rice with us from Colleague Racing uh, talking about playoffs and uh, all kinds of other things. Chris, uh, let's talk a little bit about next year, because as silly season has started to get underway in earnest here, we did uh, find out what we kind of all suspected, I think, and that's that uh, Ross Chastain is going to be heading to uh, Chip Ganassi to drive the 42 in the Cup Series next year. So that, in theory at least, creates uh, a potential opening for you, and there's talk about perhaps Justin maybe um, being in the mix for one or two of the Cup rides. Um, how do you um, How do you deal with what's going on currently and at the same time i'm sure you've got to be at least kind of looking around and 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 trying to envision where next year is going to be i mean from your standpoint uh, with colleague does does an announcement like ross's really change much of your day-to-day responsibility now does it add any uh kind of uh sense of let's see who else is out there or are you just uh kind of trying to get through the season and then uh see what shakes out. Well, you know, our ultimate goal is to get our race car drivers to the elite level. So with Ross going to the to the 42 car and if Justin ends up going to a cup car or whatever happens, that's our goal. That's yes. our plan. That's what we want to yep. do. And, uh, you know, so we've done our job. So, But our day-to-day is no different. You know, we're sitting here trying to win a championship, and that's our plan for 2020. And when 2020 rolls around, we'll have some announcements for that. But, uh Right now, our plan is to win a championship. That's what we're focused on, uh, building great race cars for them guys to drive on uh, and and just go win some races, man. Like, you know, just try to get through the next six weeks and uh, be the best we can, and we'll try to make it to Phoenix and go head-to-head with those other guys. So, But day-to-day, no different. Pushing everybody to be better, pushing all the people to to do better jobs. But, uh, hey, we got Ross to the next level. He drove for us, and uh, he made it back to the 42 car, and we've done our job, and that's what we're, we're very proud of, and we're going to hang our hat on. Well, that's exactly where I was hoping you would go, because I agree with that 100%, and it's the perfect segue to uh, the next question, which is um, when when you're in that kind of a situation, I mean, we look at um, – I remember a year ago, for example, at the Roval uh, in the post-race press conference after uh, that race um, – I remember you and I think Matt also making the comment that you believed that uh, this this coming year, which obviously is would be 2020 where we are now, um, you thought that Justin could be running for a championship. Well, here we are a year later and here's Justin running for a championship, just like you um, you you all predicted. And so I think that lends some some backup to the fact that you're. Your goal is to get guys to the elite level, and you've certainly, uh, Justin has improved every year that he's raced for you. So um, I would think that that would make Colleague a pretty desirable place for a driver who may be looking to uh, get himself or herself to uh, the next level as well. And that becomes kind of 
uh, a bit of a niche for you guys um, in, in kind of where you are in the mix there. Yeah, and that, that's what you want to do, right? You want to have a place that you can bring in young uh, men or women to be able to drive your race yep. cars, and, and that, that's exactly what we want to do. And Justin's doing a great job. He's done a great job. He's been very uh, very consistent. Ross has been very consistent, and AJ's been very consistent. I think AJ's had one race out of the top ten, and that was yeah. due to a little incident. So, um, you know, that's what we want to do. We want to be the best team out there. We want to be the powerhouse, like Matt Collick says, and we want to – uh, score all the touchdowns. So to do that, we got to have great race car drivers, great people, and um, I, I believe we can do that at Collie Racing. It's only one way for us, we feel, and that's continue to grow. It's amazing what you built there, uh, you all, uh, plural. And, and you know, honestly, the the family aspect of it, it feels like, uh, you know, you're I, I, I want to say you're the little engine that does, but um, that's really not accurate because you're not really a little engine. You've got all the resources that you need to, to go run and win races. And so I don't think it's overachieving at all. I think it's achieving in a different way because I know Justin really wanted uh, kind of that small team atmosphere. And although the team grew around him a little bit, the, the, the family aspect of it and the way that, that you guys operate it has not changed. And I feel like that is a big part of your success at Colleague. Well, I appreciate that. And I do feel like we try to keep it a small team atmosphere, but we're not a small team. We try exactly. to, you know, yep. we definitely, everybody works on everything. If you own the 11 car on the weekend, you might work on the 16. You might work on the 10 during the week. It, nobody is dedicated to one car when we get back to the shop. And that's the way we're going to keep it. So, um, just, you know, love that, that we have built the program good, well enough that, um, everybody likes and can see the desire and the fire that Colleague Racing has, you know, and that comes from Matt Colleague and everybody at Ohio. So really pumped about that and, uh, pumped to, uh, get to the racetrack this weekend and continue to go for a championship. I think there's probably a lot of people in our audience that would be curious about your background. How did you get to, uh, where you are with Colleague Racing? Can you just give us, uh, you know, a minute or two, uh, of, of how you kind of came up through the sport and, and how you got to where you are now? Well, um, I just I, I did just lose my uncle Earl, uh, which which drove a race car for when I was young. My dad, my uncle Earl, they they had their own race I'm team. Sorry to hear that. Uh, if you want to call it that, they raced local races in South Boston, Orange County, and um, in, in Richmond and places like that. So uh, I, I started as a little bit of young kid. If you follow me on social media, I posted it the other day. That I was a little small kid, and I worked. I've been doing this NASCAR thing a long time. Then I was with Jeff Burton. Uh, through some years in 1989, I was a gas man for Jeff Burton in, in the Xfinity Series now, and uh, then just worked with Buckshot Jones, uh, worked at Bill Davis for a while, worked at Petty's, uh, R.A.B. for about five years, and then uh, started running college racing uh, from his, from the start five years ago, So uh, and been here ever since, and uh, this is where I plan to retire or just not go to the racetrack anymore. I plan to be here the rest of my life. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of a quick, quick uh, path of my life through NASCAR. You bring so much passion and, and so much uh, just raw energy and, and enthusiasm to what you do there. And I know from talking to your guys uh, that, you know, they all really like racing 
with you, uh, not not to say for you, but uh, racing with you guys over there, and 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 I think your leadership style really is is kind of infectious, honestly. And I I really I like as someone who um, you know leads a group of people and and someone who's watched a lot of how race teams operate. I love seeing how you keep those guys. Um, keep everybody up and excited and, and the patience and, uh, you know, all of that. Cause I think it takes that now, especially when you are working with younger drivers, I think it takes that in order to ultimately succeed in the long run. Well, the one thing about it, and I appreciate that a lot. The one thing about it, if you're not having fun and you're not happy, you're not doing a good job. Exactly. If you're miserable, you're going to do, do a bad job. So you got to smile and be happy. And, um, every day is not going to be candy and roses, right? Like, uh, you're going to still have bad days, and you're going to have to take care of those, but you just got to hit them head on. You can't just let it sit on your shoulders and, and worry about it. You just got to go to the problem, grab it, roll with it, and move on and try to make it better. So, And that's the way we do this. We let people be their own, own people. We get them home so they can have a great home life. Uh, we believe in the seven-to-four atmosphere here. If we can't get it done in those hours, we, we, we have the, we're not doing a good job scheduling or we have the wrong people. So. Try to get them home, let them have their home life, kiss on their wives and babies and do those things. But uh, the main thing we try to do is have fun. You have fun, you're going you're gonna to be successful. I'm sitting here looking at three trophies right now that uh, just make me proud to be part of College Racing and be part of growing College Racing. But, uh, yeah, you just got to keep everybody happy and you'll win some races. And you got to have, obviously, you got to have people like Matt Colley that continues to keep us happy. Oh, yes, for sure. And, uh, you know, Matt's a great guy and, and certainly has been a huge uh, asset to uh, – uh, to NASCAR and to the uh, Xfinity series over the years. So uh, really excited to see what you guys have got going there and uh, hoping that you, uh, your good luck continues throughout the playoffs here. Of course, we, uh, we always enjoy having you on the program and uh, I know Randy couldn't be here today, but he's, uh, uh, he's looking forward to the next time we can get you on when he's back. And we still want to get you uh, and the guys in here and do an all colleague racing show one day. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. And I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you do for NASCAR and letting all the fans that listen. Uh, we appreciate you guys and uh, look for us on, on Saturday with our Ellsworth Advisors car number 16, our Leaf of the Gutter Protection car number 11, and the Nutrinational. No, the Dynagro car <laughs> on the number 10. So, uh, yeah. Got a lot of sponsors here. Got to get them all in. But uh, thank you for what you do, and we really appreciate it. You almost had it. You got it. You got it eventually. I don't know how you keep track of all of the uh, the sponsor changes, but you do a great job over there. Good luck to you guys uh, at Talladega and throughout the playoffs, Chris. And we'll look forward to having you back on again soon. Absolutely, anytime. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. That is Chris Rice from Colleague Racing, and again, you know, you you hear it every time he's on the program. His his enthusiasm for what he's doing for as long as he's been in it has never waned. If anything, it's only elevated and has really gotten to a point where I think he, um, you know, he's really happy with what's going on at Colleague, and he's able to be a great leader uh, for a very sort of young and hungry and aggressive bunch of drivers. Uh, AJ, kind of a wily veteran, but certainly not old. Um, and, uh, you know, Ross and, and especially uh, Justin Haley, I know how much uh, Justin has benefited from um, not just Chris, but Matt and uh, everyone at 
colleague racing and that atmosphere. So uh, thanks to Chris for being on the show and uh, do go follow them on social media. Their, uh, their social media stuff is great. All of the drivers uh, and colleague racing itself. So um, with that, we're actually going to slide uh, our next break in a, a little bit early here. When we come back, We'll have more of the NASCAR schedule, and uh, if we have time, we'll talk some IndyCar as well. Lots going on for 21 in both series. Back with more of the Inside Pass to talk about it right after this. This is Justin Lopp, and you're listening to the best guys on the radio, the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass as uh, we get into our white flag segment, if you will, our final segment uh, of the week here on the Inside Pass. Now, don't forget, if you're listening or you're watching us um, on our live stream, that uh, tomorrow night, which is Thursday night, uh, Motorsports Madness at 7 p.m., and that uh, you can find that live on either Performance Motorsports Network, which is... uh, you can stream it or you can um, uh, stream the uh, audio or you can um, also uh, get the app and uh, download the free PMN radio app and listen to it live that way. Or you can just go to my website at racechasermedia.com and uh, just use the player to access it to uh, live radio. And uh, then, of course, um, it is available for download uh, on via the Race Chaser Radio feed, pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found, uh, usually the next day, which is Friday. And uh, so that is coming up. So we're not done with motorsports uh, coverage for the week, but uh, uh, still have one more show to go. Okay, so we, we've been talking about uh, the NASCAR Cup schedule. And again, it this this is a really, really different looking kind of schedule. Brickyard. Uh, pushed back to August to make room for the July 4th Road America Cup race that's that's going to be held. Um, and that, according to what I'm hearing, the Brickyard going to be run on the road course. No more Brickyard on the Oval is what I'm hearing. The All of the series will be run on the road course. Um along with the IndyCar series. So you're going to have, again, that, that IndyCar NASCAR doubleheader and all of it's going to be the on the road course. So the, um, the Brickyard race on the oval goes away. I don't know if you like that. If you don't like that, um, of course we got, uh, the dirt track race at Bristol that takes away one of the short track races for the year, which I'm kind of disappointed by. I, I would have thought that, we could have gone to a different dirt track facility rather than take away a short track race. Um, You know, I'm curious what y'all think. If anybody wants to call in, you've got about uh, five minutes or so to do it. Uh, 704-873-1400. 704-873-1400. If you want to offer a quick uh, perspective on what you think about the new NASCAR schedule and some of the changes that we're seeing. Of course, uh, we mentioned Circuit of the Americas um, at the beginning of our segment with Chris Rice. And um, that is taking place in lieu of one of the Texas oval track races 
Um, there will be one oval track race at Texas next year. And in order to, um, I guess, as part of the deal to get Texas to give up one of their oval track points races to let NASCAR go to Circuit of the Americas, which is kind of in the same market, so to speak, um, we <laughs> we had to add the all-star race. So, uh, again, some kind of horse trading going on. Um, the all-star race now, next year, going to be run at Texas Motor Speedway. Um, I don't know. Do you like that? Um, I'm not sure I do. Again, I, I really think... Uh, I think short track, that belongs on a short track. I think what we saw at Bristol this year, I know it wasn't what what everybody hoped it would be this first year, but um, I certainly think that we could have uh, could have made it that way. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to get it at Texas Motor Speedway next year. Now I'm hearing rumors that perhaps um, we're going to use that to test the Gen 7 car. That could be the first race out of the box. For the new Gen 7 car. Now, again, that's not official. Not, not, not official. But it's it's been said. Um, I actually would kind of like to see that. I think that would uh, give us a reason to really watch the All-Star Race at Texas. Uh, I'd be curious to see. Uh, it's an on-points race. So you're not losing anything by letting everybody sort of put the new car out there and see what it can do. Um, I think it would make it interesting, more interesting at least for me, um, it's, uh, it's just, this, this schedule is just a very different looking schedule from what, um, what we're used to seeing. Um, and, and lots of changes. We've got two races at Darlington, one on May 9th and one on Labor Day weekend as usual. So we're running Mother's Day and Labor Day at Darlington and Atlanta also a double race, uh, two races, Next year, March 21st and July 11th. So we, we run it in March as usual. And then we come back uh, from Road America on the 4th of July and go to Atlanta the following week. So, again, a very different um, twist there that we're going to run a couple of those tracks twice. Um, we've had two races at Darlington before. That used to be kind of a mainstay. And we've also had... Um, I think we've had two races at Atlanta in our rather distant past. Um, so again, not totally a new thing. Um, but again, uh, I think that one's going to get some mixed reactions because while I think everybody likes Atlanta as a facility and it's certainly close to home, um, I think that, uh, the race can be kind of boring, honestly there. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be a little bit different uh, the way that the schedule lines up next year. Uh, more road courses. We've got a dirt track in there for the Cup Series. Um, obviously, one less short track race because you're you're making that a dirt race. Um, so you lose a short track race off the schedule. Um, so w- there'll be a lot more, I think, on this as we get into the next week and everybody has a chance to look at it. Um, I know that when they announced the dirt track race idea at Bristol, there were drivers like Brad Keselowski who said, well, it's interesting, but I want to know more about it before I offer an opinion. So um, I guess uh, we'll all find out together what the drivers seem to think of that, but it'll be, uh, 
it'll be something different for sure. Now, on the IndyCar side, uh, real quickly, three ovals. That's it. Three ovals for the IndyCar series. We're adding a new street race at Nashville, and we're going to race over a bridge. I don't... (laughs) I'm not quite sure how that's going to work out. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a race uh, on a bridge, at least in the U.S. anyway. I'm sure it's been done in other places, but I'm not sure I've seen one in the U.S. Um, and this one this one is a little bit of a head scratcher, but it's going right through basically downtown Nashville next year. So we're adding that. And again, we're, we're losing Richmond because, well, um, I guess NASCAR has decided IndyCar doesn't need to run there or whatever. Maybe IndyCar pulled it. Um, supposed to run there this year. Didn't because of COVID. And uh, now it's off the schedule. So only three ovals counting the Indy 500 next year. So a lot of changes going on in IndyCar. Seems like it's becoming more street and road course focused. Um, for some of you, that may be a great thing. For some of you, maybe not so much. Um, I'm an oval track guy for the most part, especially for IndyCar. So I don't know if I'm too pleased with it, but they didn't ask me. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what 2021 brings. A lot more to come. Obviously, lots going on in silly season in both series. We'll get to a lot of that next week. And don't forget, Motorsports Madness, Thursday night, 7 p.m. on the Performance Motorsports Network. Get the uh, PMN Radio app for free and just click on it and listen live. Look forward to seeing you then. Until next week, for uh, Randy Miller. Um, I'll see you next week on the Inside Pass. I'm Tom Baker. Have a great week.